for listening to Most Certainly True, a podcast of Grace Lutheran Church in downtown Milwaukee. It has been said that history is really His story, the story of God showing His grace and mercy to the people He has created. That grace and mercy is on clear display in the Gospels as we see our Jesus living and dying for the sins of the world. But His story continues. The story of the early Christian church is his story as well. We are glad that you have chosen to read that story with us, as together we read chapter by chapter through the book of Acts. We'll review the stories of God's grace and mercy on his infant church and celebrate that same grace and mercy that we know and experience today. We are glad to have you studying and growing with us. Here's the next episode of our podcast and the discussion of the next chapter of the book of Acts. One of these days, Pastor Strong, I'm going to just tell you to start the podcast. I'm just going to hit live on air and then point to you and just see what happens. That way we could spare our podcast listeners from the exact same welcome introduction. It would totally throw them off, it too. Would, They'd probably would shut us off. Like, be the wrong whoa, voice. Whoa, 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 wrong voice. <laughs> wrong podcast. It would be good, though. I, I would laugh. I would be entertained by that. And sometimes we do things purely for our that, own entertainment that and is enjoyment. A, that is a priority in <laughs> scheduling here on the podcast. <laughs> there you go. Well, welcome everyone to our podcast. <laughs> We're glad to have you here today. This is Pastor Strong from Grace, and I'm here with uh, my partner in ministry, Pastor Brian Hockman. How are hey, you today? Hey, Pastor Strong. How are you? <laughs> I'm Th- wonderful. Thanks for having me. <laughs> <laughs> glad to have you here in your own office. I'm enjoying this recording. <laughs> even more than I thought I would. <laughs> I feel like we need to redo this opening. No, this is the best <laughs> opening we've ever done. There you go. <laughs> well, thanks for still listening. <laughs> So it doesn't take much to entertain us. No, it doesn't. <laughs> but we do. I do love hearing from people who listen to our podcasts and uh, do sometimes enjoy some of our our humor or attempts at humor. I, su- I should say. So thank you for that. Yeah. And if you don't so much enjoy our our absolutely witty banter and uh, humorous jokes and attempts at humor, well, yeah. Thanks for still listening. Anyway, you've got ideas <laughs> on better ways to start our podcast. Also, why we, we are pastors, we are and all not ears. comedians. We are all ears. Or professional <laughs> podcasters. I don't know. Does just this make us po- professional podcasters? I do this and am compensated for it, at least in part. So, yes, that makes me a professional <laughs> a professional podcaster. That's great. <laughs> and I think the same is true of you. So. There you go. Here we are. Add just it to a my couple resume. of professionals <laughs> just chatting. Jeez. <laughs> just talking to our tens of listeners. There you go, our tens of <laughs> listeners. Thank you. <laughs> we do love you, podcast listeners. Thank you for putting up with us and, and coming and learning and growing and having fun. It's a, This has been a great thing. Absolutely. Uh, we got another great thing coming up here at Grace Lutheran Church uh, starting here. Uh, in a couple of weeks, we're going to be launching our small group ministry. Pastor Strong has been working real hard for the last six, eight months in the background to bring to reality uh, something we've been dreaming about for a couple of years, and that's our 
uh, formal small group ministry. So yeah, we are. Uh, I don't know if I, I should say that we're starting something new as much as renewing small group ministries because they have been in existence kind of here and there throughout Grace's history. Um, but so we are restarting or starting again um, Grace groups, so a small group ministry, and um, I'm excited for it. You know, in a big church, it can be challenging for people to uh, as members to really make good connections with one another. Um, you may not know, um, and, and you shouldn't, you shouldn't know all of our members. We have uh, 1,100 members and, and that's, as pastors, we don't even know all of them very well. Uh, it can be a challenging. We don't want to get to know you better, uh, but it's hard. And so small groups is going to provide opportunities for people to gather together in, in groups of like, you know, eight to 10 to 12 people that you're going to be able to get to know on a a more personal level and build some really strong and good Christian relationships, uh, which are huge for just living life, just opportunities for people to support one another, encourage one another with God's word to know, um, to pray for one another, to, to be able to offer up that, that biblical encouragement that we so often need. And so the point of small groups is to get these small groups to gather together, and some will gather together in homes, maybe here at Grace, maybe a, a restaurant or a park or wherever is, is going to work, um, meeting throughout the week at different times and places, and just getting together, having some time together, getting to know one another. And then each week we'll have a little bit of a, a Bible study incorporated with it. Um, it's going to be a sermon-based Bible study. Um, this doesn't mean that that if you missed the sermon from the previous Sunday that you shouldn't go. No, this is not going to be a regurgitation of the sermon, but rather um, an opportunity to, to maybe take it a step further, take some of the application from that sermon and apply it to our lives and, and talk about it a little bit more. And so we're, we'll provide, it's going to be pastor-provided resources that are going to have anywhere be, between like three to five questions that are just meant to, to get you to talk about something spiritual together as a group. And our hope and, and goal is that a, a short little study like this gives you opportunity to grow together in your faith and in your relationship with God too. So really small groups, the grace groups are meant to build relationships with one another and with your Lord. And, and when we find people having those strong relationships with each other and their Lord, we find a stronger church too. Uh, and that's our goal. We want to better connect our people to one another uh, and to their Lord. So uh, we are starting with probably about eight to 10. We're still finalizing some groups, um, but um, groups that are going to have lots of different uh, stages of life and places around our, our metro area. And when registration opens up, we have a, a web page on our, our website. Uh, if you go underneath the Learn and Grow tab on at gracedowntown.org, go to Learn and Grow tab at the top menu, you'll find a great Grace Groups, little button that you can click on, and that will take you to our Grace Groups page, which is not populated with a whole lot right at this moment, but soon will be uh, with a link that will go to a sign-up page, and you can see all the different groups and how you can sign up if you're interested in participating in those, and uh, we'll have some fun with that. More details about how it's all going to work and, and everything else like that, too. Are those sign-ups going to have... Um like when the groups are meeting or is it going to yep. just be here's the groups and then you figure out once the group's been formed? No, you'll be able to see the different groups and uh, then there'll also be a little um, description underneath it as to where or often more, well, probably both, where and when they're okay. meeting. So we have groups, as of right now, we have um, uh, groups meeting on like Sundays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, um, and, and still more to come. 
And then some geographic locations. And geographic locations too. So you'll have your options to kind of just pick and choose where and and how it would best fit with you, whether it's a a scheduling thing, whether it's a location thing, whether it's a stage of life thing, um, you'll have have some in there. We have some groups that are already kind of formed, remnants of other grace groups that have floated out there and are excited to participate in this as well. Um, So yeah, there's going to be some cool ways for you to get involved. And like I said, starting small, we're hoping to expand this as we kind of tweak and evaluate how it works this first round and add more groups as we go along too. So if you're even considering, hey, this sounds kind of fun, I'd love to, to host a little group or to help facilitate a group uh, or join a group, let me know. I can either help get you started with a group, I can help you get planted with a group uh, in, in ones that are existing too, give you some recommendations as to which groups you can consider. Uh, so I'd love to be that that resource for you guys to get connected with people. We could have a small group that just sits around and together listens to our podcast. That could be the podcast group. That would be a great small group idea. <laughs> for our tens of people who would be in that group. It might be one group, but... <laughs> Definitely a small group. <laughs> no. We're happy that you're listening, and uh, we're excited for this. So, um, as with all things, uh, nothing set in stone, but we're really trying to just get a, a plan out there and get people started in these groups and... Um, tweak and add as we go along it just struck me as you were saying like you don't if you aren't able to be in worship on sunday um still come which is yeah for sure that we'll have the questions and you'll still grow even if you don't have that background of the sermon but i wonder if people will find it beneficial to jump online and grab a 20 minutes of of monday night devotion uh time to watch the sermon so that they are on the same page with everything I don't think you would have to do that, but might be something that people would find beneficial to kind of begin prime the pump a little bit and begin thinking through that uh, process before that small group meets. So. Right, absolutely. I mean, yeah, even if you don't make it in person to worship, we have it online. Go to our YouTube channel and you can watch the, either the whole service. You can cut right to the sermon if, if you're short on time and, and still listen to it that way. And there's a lot of ways too where you can almost just you know, you can pull it up in your car and just listen to it while you're driving around. Don't watch it while you're driving around, but listen to it while you're driving around. Uh, our podcast listeners our are, podcast are familiar can with listen that, to that too. It does, I'm not sure. We'd have to maybe address the the timing of when our I think our podcast sermons usually come out maybe a week later. So okay. probably won't be ready for that yet. Although perhaps with this new effort we readdress that another reason to get them figure, up a little figure out little if more we, quickly if there is a way that we could expedite that right but, but regardless you are not going to miss out on on stuff uh you are still gonna find a lot of edifying things by talking about jesus together talking about what was talked about and shared in the sermon together um applying cool biblical truths to your life together with people so it's all about building relationships it's it's about getting to know people and and uh you know, I know we all have plenty of relationships in our life, but with a few more good Christian ones is always a blessing. Yeah, for sure. So I hope you'll participate or consider it. I do too. Thank you for your your hard work on getting that up and running and, and taking a few minutes of your time today to to share the progress and, yeah. and the pitch. I'm excited to see how God blesses it. I join you in that. Should we talk Acts? Let's talk Acts. Acts chapter 26. Our our listeners are hanging on a cliff. Yes, we left that Paul was left there. 
and he is in court before King Agrippa, his wife Bernice, and the governor Festus, along with all the other dignitaries that are gathered around, and they are trying to determine what in the world kind of charges they are going to send with Paul to to Rome and Caesar. Uh, because he's being falsely accused by the Jewish people. Festus realizes that there's really not a whole lot here, uh, but Paul has appealed to Caesar, and now they're trying to figure out what are what are they sending along with him. Right. Agrippa's kind of a big deal and, and wants to know what's going on. This is kind of a high-profile case, and so before he leaves town, uh, Agrippa wants to meet Paul and and have a chance to to see what's going on. I don't get the impression that that part of it is a trial. Agrippa's not going to overturn or anything or, or uh, make any new convictions or sentencing, but um, seems like more of just a courtesy to him and a curiosity, which is kind of similar to um, we mentioned the parallel to um, Pontius Pilate and Herod Antipas in, in Jesus trial. That sort of became just, uh, this guy's from Galilee, and here you should kind of know what's going on. And um, I, I see that's kind of what's going on here, too. So. Right. So really, uh, Festus has already introduced what's happening, and Agrippa says, hey, you have permission to speak for yourself. And that's really most of chapter 26 here is is Paul's defense. Um, and another one of, I think, one of his great sermons that he preaches too. And and like I think we mentioned uh, last episode, Paul is a really prime opportunity to preach the gospel in front of some high-ranking officials. And that's a, a blessing, an opportunity for, for him. You can see how um, Paul's kind of playing the room a little bit and, and tossing a few grenades in there. Uh why should any of you consider it incredible that God raises the dead? So there's the Sadducees, there's um, King Agrippa would have been at least leaning in that direction as the the guy that would be setting up the priests and uh, Sadducees would not believe in a resurrection of the dead. Uh, but the Pharisees, who Paul is, would have. Um, and so he's sort of dividing the room a little bit, even with that statement. Uh, but then also making, why, why should this be a surprise? I mean, the Old Testament, there's uh, God gives power to people to, to raise the dead. So this is um, this idea that Jesus was risen from the dead is not something that um, that should be a surprise to anyone. Yeah, he starts out by by really reinforcing, I grew up in the, the Jewish religion. I, was, I grew up as a Pharisee. I was trained in that all. Um, but it's because of hope, and I love what he says in verse 6. He says, it's because of my hope and what God has promised our ancestors that I am on trial today. This is the promise our 12 tribes are hoping to see fulfilled as they earnestly serve God day and night. So he goes back and says, you know this stuff that we've been taught, that we, we are hanging our hats on as, as Jewish people and the hope of what is to come in this Messiah? I've seen that hope fulfilled right. is his point here. And so he really appeals to like, I'm in the same boat as you guys. I've been hearing the same things as you have, but I've, I've seen the fulfillment and that's what, that's, what's driving my, my ministry. That's what I'm preaching now. Right. And uh, I, I, there, there's a flavor also of, you should know better. All right. You're the ones that are supposed to be the leaders, the religious leaders. You're, you're the ones that have the old Testament that have the promises of the Messiah. Um, and then he says, and now it's because of that hope and what God has promised our our ancestors that I am on trial today. So Paul is very much um, playing himself as one of them and, and just laying that out. Here's what God has done 
what he's done for me is what he's done for you as well. Just stop ignoring it. <laughs> Open your eyes to see it. Right. Um, right. He goes into how then he fought against and persecuted those who were following Jesus earlier on in, in his life. Um, and I'm just, again, always amazed at how God changed his heart because you, again, you get this description. I put a lot of people in prison and when they were put to death, I, I put my vote against them. I went from synagogue to synagogue to have them punished. I mean, Paul was, he was, he was a cruel guy. I don't know how to put it any other way. I mean, he was, he was a guy who hated the early Christians, who was destroying them purposefully um, and even putting them to death, which, I mean, that's not right in anyone's eyes. Right. And yet God used him and changed his heart in such a drastic way. And that's the thing that just always uh, just floors me and amazes me is that God can change. I mean, here's Testament. God can change anybody's heart. Uh, we should not lose hope that anybody that we come across, we just think is just so vile or cruel or unbelieving or hardened in their heart that there's no hope for them. Right. God, it, it's God that, can do that. It's that recurring theme that uh, we've kind of followed throughout at least the Paul portion of the book of Acts. Um, just how God used exactly who Paul was to carry out exactly his plan. You know, he takes this, um, this guy who's, got this passion, uh, misguided, um, but he's bold and he's passionate and he's principled and, um, God changes that direction and that course in his life, um, offering him that forgiveness, which then even that plays into Paul's passion because I, he talks about being the chief of sinners or I am less than the least of all of God's people because look at what I did. Um, but God saved even me. I mean, that, that concept drove Paul to to be able to go into the most pagan of pagan places and preach the gospel and can confidently say, I'm worse than you. <laughs> this is for sure for you. And you know how I know that it's because it's for me too. Right. Um, and I'm less than you. Um, so he has that, that humility and that passion and God, God fixes that unbelief in his heart like he did for you and me. Um, and then sends him out with all of the, you know, make and and sanctifies all of those characteristics and makes them something that's going to serve for the the benefit of the gospel now now paul can boldly and confidently and passionately uh preach about jesus and he can take that same drive um and that same uh stop at nothing attitude uh, and god can use that for good absolutely now, Paul recounts again, and we've talked about this in the past. I think he recounts it at least two or three times in his ministry. It happens in his, his conversion. Yeah. Right? So it's recorded in chapter nine. Um, and then he recounts it one time a little bit earlier. Now. And now this is the second, so the time, second time and here that he retells the story. Right. And here you get a little bit more of the detail of, of what was spoken to him by Jesus, uh, which is just interesting to see and how he was clearly called, um, by God to be an apostle and sent out specifically to the Gentile people. And you're going to open people's eyes and turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God, so that they can receive the forgiveness of sins. And um, just like God did that for, for Paul in that moment, he, he did that for a lot of those that Paul came into contact with uh, throughout his mission work. The kicking against the goads thing is, is an interesting line that gets added here to um, what Jesus says against uh, not against, but says out to to Saul at the time. And the picture here is, you know, the ox that uh, won't go in the right direction, and he, he's only going to injure himself if he 
kicks in the wrong direction against the goads, against the, the yoke that he's in. Um, and so that picture, Paul, you're just harming yourself right. by ignoring I'm trying to me. direct you in life. Oh. I'm trying to show you the right path, and you're just kicking against it. No, no one's winning. Uh, you're you're just harming yourself the more that you um, go in this wrong direction. So kind of an, uh, a weird statement unless until you understand what the picture is and what Jesus is, is getting at as he um, has this, this experience, this conversation with Saul. He wraps up kind of his his main section of this sermon by by talking about how he is he's continu- he's followed the Lord's uh, instructions and commands there, and uh, in verse twenty two I'm saying nothing beyond what the prophets and Moses said would happen. So again, he's just appealing to you know the, here the Jewish people are saying I'm I'm preaching against their law when really I'm just preaching about what they already know, what the prophets have already said uh, about the hope that has been proclaimed, and. Uh, you know, but then he gets into that the Messiah would suffer and, and be the first to rise from the dead and would bring the message of light to his own people and to the Gentiles. And that is what the Jewish people always wrestled with, that Jesus yep. couldn't have been that. Right. Um, and you can see their their anger and their hatred get um, inflamed even more when, when they start to, when they're confronted with the fact that that God is more than a God for just them. Um but yeah, I highlighted that section that you just quoted too, that I'm just doing what Moses did. I'm just right. the, all the guys that you love are the guys that I love, and uh, my ministry is the same as theirs. Right. We're just pointing to the Messiah. Um, again, saying, where are the accusations? Show me. Lay it out. Um, this I can't be on trial here just because you're mad. That's right. that's not the way that this works. Um, tell me where I've erred. Tell me where I've veered from the old testament scriptures or the the laws of god um tell me where i violated any kind of civil law that puts me that makes me worthy of being on trial here and and you don't have it because it hasn't happened right so at this point uh you know that's the end of, of paul's sermon really and festus thinks he's out of his mind and crazy and paul says i'm just sharing the truth and king agrippa you know this and I can speak freely to you. And, and King Agrippa says, what, do you think you're going to make me a Christian by all this? And I love Paul's line in verse 29. He says, uh, in sh- short time or long, I pray to God that not only you, but all who are listening to me today may become what I am except for these chains. Um, and I, th- man, that's that has to be our prayer. Right. Anytime we share the gospel with anyone, short time or long time, I pray that you too will have the hope and the confidence that I have in Jesus Christ. Right, um, and it's nothing else. He doesn't say, well, "I'm going to convince you." He just says, "I've shared the gospel. I pray that God works in your heart." Yeah. Um, are you planning to make me a Christian? Uh, if only you knew that that's exactly what you need. That that's if only you knew what a benefit it would be if that were the case. If this gospel would work on your heart, yeah. What a just what a classy and and. Uh, clear comment that he makes there um the fact that 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 question is even asked um do you believe in the prophets i know you do again plays back to this the fact that the the herod line is familiar and and they have this understanding and this knowledge um is paul saying i know that you have faith in christ as the savior i don't think so but i think he is saying you're aware you you have the facts you've got the scriptures, you have an understanding, you know all this. You 
you are are a person who's not ignorant to these things um and you know that that i'm making a compelling argument here you know that i and my ministry it falls in line with everything that the scriptures teach um he snaps back and and says so you think you're going to make me a christian um but but paul is is saying you you understand this agrippa you know um the way that this works at the end um they they get uh, King Agrippa and and Festus get together and you know what's the conclusion? Well, this guy's he's innocent, and and Agrippa's line I think is just very telling at the very end of the chapter. This man could have been set free if he had not appealed to Caesar. Right. So I mean, it's did you wonder did Paul do this so that he could gain a, a wider and grander audience in front of Caesar and make his way to Rome? Or was this just God's way of, of using this situation to get him over there too? Um, I don't know. Wiser people have probably made better speculation than I have, but I, you know, it's just is interesting to think about whether this was was Paul trying to to move things forward, or whether God is. I mean, God obviously is in play here, and is he making the best of a situation, or is Paul kind of in in, in some wisdom finding a larger audience too? I don't know. Yeah, it's. I mean, it'd be easy to read that that comment there and say, oh, shoot, if Paul just would have not appealed to Kept Caesar, his mouth closed, then right? he could have continued his ministry in Jerusalem. Um, but if God would have wanted his ministry to continue in Jerusalem, then none of this would have happened. Um, the, the, the very fact that this happened and Paul was put in this position where he needed to make this appeal to Caesar um, is God directing situations and directing histories to have his will done um paul doesn't maybe know exactly what's going to come of this or exactly how that's going to happen but you see that that same determination when paul is saying you know they're they're telling him don't go down to Caesarea, don't go to jerusalem there it's going to cost you and he says no i'm gonna i'm gonna continue to boldly proclaim the gospel and i'm gonna uh, let the chips fall where they may. I'm going to testify to whoever it is, whether I'm in chains or not, whether I'm in court or not, whether I'm before kings or governors or freely walk in the streets. I'm going to just tell Jesus to whoever God puts in my path. And so he's got this boldness. He appeals to Caesar. And um, yeah, I agree. I've, I've often kind of wondered, is, is he strategizing here and saying that gets me on a boat, that gets me into these ports, that gets me essentially another mission journey uh, as I go to Rome, and that ends up being what happens. Um, is he aware of that, or is he just boldly saying, I'm going to put my life in God's hands, right. and I'm going to preach Jesus on the way? Um, how well, much he knew, how much he didn't, how much he strategized, how much he, he wasn't, I guess, doesn't ultimately matter, but we can see that this faith that Paul has uh, as he just says, I'm going to just keep preaching the gospel as long as God will have me. Um, in one of his epistles, he says, whether I live or, or whether I die, I, I do it to the Lord. Um, and, and you can see the bold, steady, confident faith of Paul here as unwavering, unflinching, no matter who it is that's there, I'm going to preach the gospel. I'm going to, I'm going to tell you who I am. I'm going to tell you who, more importantly, I'm going to tell you who Jesus is, um, and I'm going to let the Holy Spirit sort it out. I'm going to let the Holy Spirit work when and where he, he wills through the power of the gospel. Yeah, Paul is definitely opportunistic and and took advantage of those opportunities to proclaim the gospel boldly and faithfully. And, and 
I have to imagine it's because he knew just how drastically life is different when he knows the Savior. And, and I pray that could be for us too, that when we know Jesus and how drastically that changes our, our outlook and our attitude towards handling situations, to, to dealing with the world, to living our lives, that we would too be moved to take and make use of every opportunity that God sets in front of us to proclaim that same Savior, that yeah. same risen Savior, Jesus Christ, to the people that God puts in front of us. Yeah, whether I live, whether I die, whether today goes the way I have planned or drastically different than the way that I have planned, uh, to God be the glory and uh, every day an opportunity to to live in his faith and to bask in the light of his love and to share that love with whomever I, I may be given that opportunity to. It's a good way to live. We, we see it in Paul, and, and by God's grace, we can live that way too. This is most, most certainly, certainly true. true. Thanks for listening. We'd love to share more about God's love with you. Check us out at www.gracedowntown.org. There you'll find worship times, our pastor's contact info, and a lot of information about our ministry in and to downtown Milwaukee. We hope to connect you to the grace of God again soon.